Well, good morning. This is the 11.30 session. This is Realm Basics, Church Fund Accounting. And my name is Shelby Pratt. I am the Network Finance Director for the Ohio Ministry Network as well as the executive pastor for Hope Church here in Plain City, Ohio, which is really what allows me to have any knowledge at all to be able to lead this session, because uh, our church has, has uh, been using Realm for now a little over two years, almost two and a half at this point in time. So, uh, I'm not too offended that my accounting class has a, about a third of the attendance of my, of the people management class that just wrapped up. So I'll, I'll try not to be too offended by that. No, it's not, I'm, it's kind of to be expected, because uh, we're a special breed. That's all there is to it. Uh, so welcome. Welcome. I do, I think I have some notes. I'm going to try to, try to stick to them and hopefully they'll be enough to actually occupy occupying an hour uh, of our time. I have, I have a, a good friend with me uh, today that is not a longtime friend, but a very good friend. His name is Mark Burkhart. Uh, he is actually from ACS Technologies, which is based in Florence, South Carolina. Mark is based in Arlington, Texas. Uh, he is the denominational manager, uh, Assemblies of God denominational manager for ACS. So so whether you're a church or whether you are a network office like like um, my full-time role with Ohio Ministry Network. Um, he is one of the key point contacts uh, for for your organization. If you're at all interested in uh, additional or expanding your ACS services or adding ACS services for the first time, um, for those that are a network-affiliated church or a church plant, and I don't know how um, you know Mark Tom is going to put. Uh, he's going to try probably try to twist your arm because they're they're technically just launching, but they already have Realm Multiply. I don't know what the possibilities of of getting any special pricing is for such an, an environment. But uh, if you are a small church or a church plant, um, there is some special pricing available for you. Uh, for well, for up to eighteen months of special pricing. I won't get into the details of that, but. Again, I don't know if it will apply to a multiply client, Tom. I hate to say that because uh, that's actually beyond what they're offering. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I guess first I would just want to get an idea of what is already being used in the room that will, because that will help me understand a little bit of uh, where everybody is coming from. So uh, what do we have as far as our various systems that are being used in the room? I know that that Rhonda from uh, Montgomery AG in Cincinnati, they actually use uh, Realm people management with ACS Financials at this point in time. They've not yet migrated to Realm Accounting, um, but that is probably in the works at some point in time. Waiting for payroll to show up. I tried to tell her, you know, don't worry about it. Just go outsource with payroll, then you can go ahead and change. But she wasn't convinced. Uh, and I'm sorry, I didn't get your name earlier. Karen Turner. Where are you from, Karen? From Carrie. I'm not sure where Carrie is. Where's Carrie, Ohio? Okay, okay. Oh, yes, yes, thank you. Okay, all right. And you guys are f- both from uh, uh, River of Life in, don't tell me, uh, Marietta. Yes. Okay, very good. Uh, there, we have a joke there, because um, we have we have uh, a church, I don't, it's not the same name, but there's a church in Batavia um, that's called Real Life. And one year during the celebration tour, we were going to real life in Cincinnati, but someone went to real life in Batavia instead and, 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 uh, didn't figure it out until he was already there. It was kind of funny. So I don't know why that made me think of that, but. Um, and, and do you have a system in place that you're using at this time for anything? Yeah. Is it all just kind of a manual system, just a man, manual manual system? And you're you're not you're not alone because I I visit a lot of our churches here in Ohio and I have encountered the paper system and I I can appreciate that. Uh, 
So that's not totally unheard of. I know what Tom is using, and I'm sorry, I didn't catch what you guys were using. Actually, Will? Okay. Well, I'm, I am always going to, and I, and I understand that there are times when you need, uh, that you either need or you have multiple systems uh, that, you, that you work with for whatever reason. I, I am, what's that? It can be a nightmare. Um, oh, sure. Tom, can you just turn those the other direction so that those don't come in quite as much, if that's a possibility? Um, if, if it's not, maybe we could slide over to that, that seat over there. Um, sun's moving on us for those that are listening and wondering what in the world we're talking about. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is actually. Okay. All right. But yeah, so I can understand and appreciate the, the need or the, or the situation of having multiple systems. I'm always going to be an advocate, if at all possible, uh, for an integrated system. Um, Technically, the system that Rhonda has in Montgomery at Montgomery AG is, is almost integrated because there is a capability for importing contribution records from Realm people into the ACS Financials database. So that, that's a semi-integrated uh, database. It's well, it's vir- almost all the way there. Um, it's not as it's not as seamless as Realm accounting is with Realm people, and that's what we'll take a look at a little bit here. Um, it's kind of funny because in everywhere I go in the in the ACS world, um, uh, people and and in the AG world, people talk about their database systems, they usually don't think about the financial as part of the database. Um, good friend of mine, former ACS employee, he says, ah, financials are financials. Um, you know, meaning you can use whatever you want to to manage the accounting, you know, but, but the real database is the people database. And I, I just let him live in his delusion. <clears throat> and, and, you know, because, again, I want to have an integrated database, so I have to do less work. That's, that's the nature of having a, 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 an integrated database, is to try to cut down on the work that has to be done so that you don't have entry here that has to go over there, that has to go over there, uh, and do this and do that. Um, even, in, again, in the existing system that I use for ACS, which is the People Financial Suite, um, the contributions that are done online, there's still a minimal amount of manual labor where I to import and post. Same would be true for Rhonda. But in the realm world, when you have online the online giving uh, scenario with realm people and you have realm accounting turned on and the connection enabled between people and accounting, there is literally no work additionally that has to be done when a contribution batch is completed. Uh, it just does it all. It just does it all. And when you're talking online giving batches, it's even better than that. Um, but I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Um, so I want to just really briefly uh, show you a little bit of, for setup purposes, since it sounds like everybody here, as far as Realm accounting, it's going to be new to all of you, whether you have nothing or you're not using it yet, but you're gonna, you're going to be, because Tom said you're about to launch the accounting in the near future as well. Uh, so on the accounting setup side, when, uh, and for those that were in the people session earlier, you're gonna see that there's a couple of different pieces that I have in my menu. So this is, this is what a typical staff person login looks like when they log into Realm. Um, it is different than what a people record sees when they log into Realm. So I have this wonderful little thing that I do. Um, let's see, which one is this here? i make sure what system I'm in. I don't want to be in this one. 
I use my daughter as a guinea pig. So again, this is a staff user login. Let me shrink it down just a tad so more can get on the screen. But this is what a person that logs into Realm sees. If they are just a church member, they have no, no staff user permissions, they come to their news feed. And you can see here, um, one of our recent events was a parents' night out. And there was ladies' night out for board and brush. Uh, a th- thing there. Uh, there's messaging in there where you can you can actually send messages to you, the groups that you're involved in, but that's for the people world. We're not going to talk a whole lot, but I just wanted you to be able to see the difference between what a regular member sees when they log in, and there is obviously the online giving scenario available to them. Um, so it is quite a bit different. Obviously, it looks color scheme and so forth is the same, but it is a different interface for a, for a member user as opposed to a staff user. A typical staff user, if there are any, and I'm sorry that this text is so small, um, if, there, if there are any tasks that your user as a staff person is involved with. So uh, if, if it's something that another staff person has that's on their shoulders to do, you won't see their tasks per se, unless you are the admin admin you might see everybody's in that world but at the very minimum you're going to see the stuff that you have been involved with in particular so i have it says i have two invitations that are unanswered and what those are is i have sent a couple of um realm invitations so i have people that are in my database they have a record and i want to get them to create their own login for realm i can send them an invitation from within the system it sends them an email with a link they have to click create a password and they're in if i want to i can then also send them a reminder if it's been a little while uh, since the first invitation went out this is also telling me because I am the contributions person that I have unposted contributions. And I, that's a, that's a, a, an example batch that I've already created uh, for today's session so we can see what that looks like. But there's again a reminder that, hey, you've got some work you haven't finished. If by chance there are no tasks to be done, then you as a staff person will actually see your profile when you log in. So it'll have, it'll take you rather than to that news feed section like a member sees, it's going to actually take you to your profile, which is, it looks a lot like that and you can get there. I can get to my news section and everything, but instead of being just actually the news feed as the first thing that is visible, it's actually my profile page where I can make edits to it and so forth if I want to. But I wanted to go back to the the task page, so I want you to see the staff menu. And again, for those that were in the earlier session for people, admin was available to Lydia in the previous session, but even under that menu, she doesn't have everything I have access to. Because admin has a couple of functions, and one of those is turning on kiosks for check-in purposes. So that is an admin function. But you can set those different different layers of permissions um, that can say someone can turn on a kiosk, but they may not be able to edit a kiosk. Again, don't want to spend too much time in the people world. She did not have accounting or giving on her menu for those that were in the session, just as a, as a reminder, she only had community reporting and admin because she has no permissions in the giving or accounting world. So really quick, I want to do a quick, 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 uh, what it would look like for all of those who have not yet, which I think is everybody in this room that has not yet set up, uh, the, uh, the, the online system for accounting and giving. Now I'm, in the interesting world, uh, for those who don't realize that this world realizes that giving is not really a financial function as far as databases go, because you can buy a number of church database systems that have contribution management, but then you're still going to have to put those somewhere else for accounting, but, and that's because they attach to a name. So technically, contributions are a people function. Um, um, 
contributions are a people function, but obviously attached to accounting, and so that's why we didn't talk about them in the people session earlier. Um, so in the, in the setup, there's a couple of things we're going to do. First, we're going to kind of walk through an accounting setup, and we're going to walk through a contribution setup, because you do have to do both. So in the accounting world, you would go to the accounting menu, and you would click on this, the ledger setup and settings. And uh, I pressed that too long. There we go. Uh, stop. Stay. Okay. So this is just basically your company information. So you're going to put in your various tax IDs. You're going to define what accounting period that you are in, not what your fiscal year is. That's not here right now. This is just telling you what your current period is. Actually, the starting month does tell you what your, what the first month of your fiscal year is. So if you don't operate Usually a church operates on a calendar year, fiscal year, which starts in January. But oftentimes if that church has a Christian school that operates on a, on a school calendar basis, the church may also operate on that fiscal year just for continuity of accounting purposes. I'm a church. I'm in, uh, I'm in the starting month of January. And, and this tells you that I have not done a good job in closing my accounting periods. Uh, after, so after I did my January bank reconciliations, I should have closed the period and I forgot to do that. So shame on me. Uh, so if maybe we'll remember to come back to that later, we can do that, but I'm not going to worry about it right now. Uh, the, the line of text in the middle, contribution batches will post as deposit into general ledger using accounts assigned to the giving funds. Now, that's because I have this turned on. You do not have to have this turned on. And maybe at the very beginning, maybe at the very beginning, you might not want them turned on so that you can verify that all of your contribution batches that are posting um, are accurate before they touch your general ledger. Um, sorry, my phone, which is providing my internet, is about to die. And we don't want that to happen. Do you have to do this part to have accounting? Uh, hopefully not. I don't know. Okay, I'm not sure this is going to work. I need another plug-in, people. <coughs> Excuse me. I just need to. I just need a, the plug. I just need one of these. This was not. This was not a good one, and I don't know where my other one went. Thank you. That worked. Sorry for that delay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you may not want to have the the trigger turned on for contribution posting at the at the beginning. You may want to be able to verify that all of your contribution postings are accurate, especially your manual deposits. Well, and even your even your online giving deposits. You may want to make sure that they don't hit your your general ledger without first verifying that they're all posting in contributions correctly, because that will save you from having to fix your general ledger. You can, you can edit the batch that goes into your general ledger before it, before it posts. That way you don't have to, because 
when you when you have to fix a gift in contributions, it has to fix the accounting if they were connected. And so that may give you some time to get them both up and running and defining all of your giving funds and so forth. We'll talk a little bit about that setup in, in just a, a little bit. So I'm not, I won't go into what, when you're creating your giving funds, what that looks like. Um, because I'm going to come back to that. Uh, then you have some, some various posting rules. Do you want to allow posting to the 13th month? How many of you know that there's, there is such a thing? Okay, this is, this is something that I don't, I'm assuming that it's available in other software, but I know that it is available in the, in the ACS world, and it's the closing month. So that um, a typical you know, year-end year function is to take all of the revenues and all the expenses that post throughout the course of the year and press those into your, your equity account or your fund principal account. But you don't want that to affect your December because it didn't really happen in December. You wanted just whatever you actually spent or whatever you received in December to show in December. So it happens in what they call the 13th month. And if you want the ability to be able to make adjustments yourself in the 13th month, then that has to be turned on. And if you want to be able to post into a closed period. So if I wanted to go back into December 2017, I could do so because I have that permission. Now, the, the nice thing about this system is if you, if you set up your different account, if you have multiple accounting users, you could set up one user that does not have that capability, but then maybe that person's boss has that capability, that, there's a, that there is something that needs to be done, but you don't want just the regular bookkeeper to do it. You want the church treasurer maybe to have that permission to be able to, to post there. Uh, you, can, you can do that as well. But whether, but that's over on the user permissions, but to enable that person to have that capability, you have to have it turned on first. Then you get into your accounting segments and you can, and I don't want to change mine because there are, they already are, are already set, but you can have up to four different segments. Uh, I have first my fund. And so I have, um, and I want that to be just one number. I don't, need a hundred funds. So I don't need to have three digits. I just have one for general or two for building three for missions, et cetera, et cetera. And then your core account, I have four digits and you say, and, and I could have core account here and fund here. If I wanted to, you can, you can define with these drop lists, which one goes where. So if I wanted to have my core account to be the first one, I could do that if I wanted to, if I wanted to have uh, the fund second or the fund third, I could do that. And then if I wanted to even go out a little bit farther, I can add another segment out here. I'm not using that at this point in time. And quite honestly, though I have configured department and I've given it up to two, two digits, I, I u- actually put in department on about a third of my transactions. Um, one of the cool things... or. I think it's cool because I'm a nerd. Um, one of the one of the neat things about about the AC uh, Realm accounting system is that you you have to put in your first number and you have to put in your second segment here for in my world. But if I don't choose something here, it defaults to zero zero, which is attached to. It's just part of the. It just assumes general department or whatever. It just basically puts in two zeros as placeholders. I know that that means there wasn't a specific department attached. Uh, and truth be told, I have defined my chart of accounts in such a way that most of my core accounts, and I'll talk about that in just a second, most of my core accounts kind of identify what that department is as well. I've, I've gotten a little bit particular about how I approach that. So the, so the fund would be like your, <coughs> I really should have grabbed a water. Uh, the fund would be like your general fund, building fund, missions fund, anything um, in regards to fund, be anything that you want to be able to track beyond the end of this year. You want to know how much is in this fund at this time next year. So anything that you want to have a continual, a continual balance for is something you would want to put in a fund. A core account will be those things that you'll classify how you, how you receive or spend money. And that may be as, where you warehouse it with an asset, whether you record it as a liability you have to pay, whether it is your equity account or whether it is an expense or an income. So this would be like your, your tithes and offerings might be a core account or your missions offerings might be a core account. Your, now theoretically you could have just offerings 
as a core account, and then you could designate that by, well, it was general fund, so you know that it was tithe and offering, and you wouldn't have to have two separate core accounts, theoretically. I like to have a separate account just because that's me. Um, but then you could also define it, if it was a missions offering, you could say, was it, what type of missions account was it? Was it general missions giving? Was it a special missions trip? Was it BGMC? Was it Speed of Light? And that may be even a segment out here further that you put your classification way out there where you split it up. Or you could be like me and just go ahead and create a core account for all of those that I just mentioned. Um, all right, so that's, that's the, make sure I get them all here. Those are your account segments. Then also under here, and I don't take much more of your time, is where you would define your bank accounts. And basically what you do is you have, you have physical bank accounts that you are keeping track of, and in the accounting system that, that Realm offers, you can have multiple asset accounts that, that roll up into a single physical bank account so that you don't have to have a checking account where you keep all your general offerings and a checking account where you keep your missions offerings and a checking account that you keep your your um, building fund offering, you can have one checking account, but in that it can warehouse all of your different um, all of your different assets. So you could have you could have three line items, three different core accounts per se, that is general building missions, but it's all a part of your first national bank account. I'll come back to the giving funds a little bit later on, but I just want to tag projects here really quick because this is a, a neat function of the system as well called projects. And this is actually um, what, I use, what I use for tracking my various classification of missions expenses. So I have one line item that when I'm, that I'm, when I'm, well, that's, I have a few different items, but mostly I have one line item for my various missions and missions giving from the church. When it's leaving the building, I, I want to be able to track it. Um, not Speed of Light, not BGMC. I have line items for those. But for the missionaries that I support, I don't want to have to create a, a new account for every single missionary. Radiant Life Church in Dublin used to do that. And I, I say used to in their old system before they migrated from a different product to ACS Financials a while back. And I said, I don't want to create a hundred missionary GL accounts. Let's, let's create one missions expense account and then create projects that track all of the individual places that they're going because projects come and go. You may stop supporting this missionary and start supporting that missionary. And then you just, oh, my Wi-Fi must have gone down. Yeah, it's still operational. Well, if we're going to lose our Wi-Fi, we're going to have a really hard time doing this class. That's all I'm going to say. I gotta. I think I see my problem here. I gotta turn off my various services. Okay, looks like I'm going to be winging this. I think paper might not be that bad of a mess. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's wonderful. Yeah, as the internet goes down, the paper system looks more and more attractive. 
Oh, come on. There we go. Okay. All right. So, as I was saying, for projects, I, I have... Now, actually, I did create separate projects for Speedlight and BGMC, even though I do have even though I do have separate core accounts for them. And that's because we did a special campaign recently with our children's ministries called My One Shirt. And our kids wore the same T-shirt. Now, they were allowed to wash it each night. But they wore the same T-shirt that said My One Shirt, had Buddy Barrel and the Speed Light logo on there as well. And they wore the same shirt for 21 days. And... I didn't want to record the revenue for that as Speedlight and BGMC because it was all coming in one campaign. But we did keep track, is this a kid from our Kidmen world or is this a kid from our student ministries world? And so I, I created using, using just our special missions offering, special project GL number, I then still used my tag to say, okay, of this $200 deposit for my one shirt, a hundred was for BGMC, and so I would use this project code, and a hundred was for Speed of Light, so I'd use that project code. So then when I spent the money out, I was able to, to know how much should go to Speed of Light and how much should go to BGMC. But then for my, my individual missionaries that we support right now, we only have two, um, the Owens and the Hembrys. So when I go online and do my, my general counsel giving on behalf of the church, I will use one one GL number, but I will record it twice because I'll record how much goes for the Owens and how much goes for the Hembrys, and I don't have to have a separate GL account to make that a possibility. Yes, please. Why, why is it different? You did to fund a core accountant department. Why does that fourth bucket be projects? Well, you could. you could. You could do that if you wanted to, but in my mind, projects come and go. At some point in time, I may stop using, I may stop using, now again, you could set that, that fourth segment is what Tom was saying. Why wouldn't you make that fourth segment, for those listening, why wouldn't you make the fourth segment your project? And, and you could have, because that number can be as many digits as you want it to be, so you could just simply add more and more if you want to, and that's the beauty of that. But you may, you may come up with a different reason of how you would want to segment that last thing, and once you've, once you've used it for one purpose, then it can't really be used for another purpose. In this way, projects that may come and go, you simply can deactivate them later on, add a new one, and just keep trucking along, and you, you still have all of your functionality over in your, your, uh, your account segment set up. Last year we gave this much because you're able to track it and go back to that project yep. then and then reset it the next year. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you create a new project um, every year. Every year here in Ohio, we have the big missions emphasis that we that Pastor Jim leads. So it's one year at Speed the Light, and then it was then and the year before that was. Um, the Eurasia out, uh, the outpost, uh, not Eurasia. Yeah, something outpost. Uh, and then, then this year, the, this past year has been for the Chi Alpha Training Center. Uh, so that's a that that could be your project. Um, if we use that a little bit differently with the with the other accounting system, but that could be your project. So you don't have to you don't have to change the name of it to get a new one. You just add a new one, and you still got your other one. In case there's funds that kind of trickle in for those, you could still have that project available for them. Now, this is actually, I didn't think I was going to talk about this stuff as much, so i got to move on. All right. You also have to have your giving set up. I'm going to do this as quickly as I possibly can. So, in the giving world, you have to have your various funds. Now, I went, I did the accounting setup first because when you, when you pair them together, when you turn that on off switch, when you turn it on, you have to have all of your giving funds. You have to define them as to what GL account you are going to use. So that's why I did accounting first and now I'm over in my giving settings. And so I've got my list here. You're not seeing all of them. Obviously I have 17 total. Um, this is where the church world gets confusing because you hear the word funds all the time of the different thing. So this is just your giving classification, whatever you want to call it. It's called an active fund, but it's not the same as your general fund or your missions fund or your building fund because now you're talking just the giving 
campaign, so to speak. So um, I've got my BGMC, I've got benevolence offerings, I've got my tithes and offerings down here farther because I've got it sorted alphabetically. Um, Speed of light, special projects. And you can see that they all then, you have to define what checking account is it going to utilize. And you can see it just defaulted to my double zero. And what revenue account. So this is the asset. And you can see that it's tied to a bank account. That's where we, we talked about that just briefly. And then my revenue account is my tithes revenue. And this one has been enabled for online giving purposes. And this also says that it's enabled for text giving purposes. Don't want to get ahead of myself, but that is something that you do with those. So after you've created those, actually, I was going to walk through one of these here. Um, I wanted to show you. We're going to just add one on the fly here. I don't know what my most recent number is, but it's okay because I'm going to delete it. So I'm going to just make this one $99.99. My fund is Give Hope Church Money. I'm always pushing to give. Oh, I misspelled it. Fat fingers. Okay. And the display name, you can, you know, HC give, you can call it whatever you want to. Here you have to define what checking account you're using. I'm going to use my main PNC bank checking. And then again, which, which of my funds, so it's general fund, it is tithes and offering, and it's just the zero, zero. I don't actually have to, oh. I'll go ahead and populate it just to make sure it holds it. Oh, it's not going to save. Okay, so I just created that fund. And now you can see that none of this other stuff over here has been triggered yet. So I'm going to go in and I'm going to edit this. Not here, though. I'm going to go up here to online giving. So this is where you say, okay, which ones do I want to make available? Not every fund that you have for giving, you know, for receiving funds has to be available for online giving. But if you want it to be available for online giving, you have to come over here and tell it that you want it to be available for online giving. And so we are going to come down here. And I just, I just clicked in the box here. It opens up. And I'm just going to walk through here, and I'm going to find the one I just created, Give Hope Church Money. And then I'm going to save it. And it's now available for online giving. If I want somebody to be able to give to this particular fund through text messaging, I can come over to the Text Giving tab. Where is it? No, i was supposed to do that here. Sorry. Can I ask a real brief question? Yep. When you just added that, it, it's automatically updating the link that you already have on your website to include that now. You don't have to generate a new link. The question is, do you have to generate a new link when you create a new giving fund? If your, if your existing online giving link takes you to just a generic frame, you do not have to update it because it will be added to the list of available because it creates a, it populates a drop list. And so it will update that automatically. So I'm going to come in here. I'm on my text giving page. I'm going to click the edit button and I'm going to add a text giving fund. And this is where now I come in and I find that one I just created, give hope church money. And I'll just use the Give HC, something unique I haven't used before, and click Save. And the Give HC, what that is, is that is the short code that you would utilize um, to, to give. I'm not going to ask you to actually complete the process, but if you went to, you sent the text message to 73256 space, and you typed in Give HC and a space and five, it would send you a message back. You'd click the link, and you would be into our text giving system to give Hope Church five bucks. Uh, you you do have to create a short code when you first create the online the text giving scenario. My short code is, or my my unique keyword, I should say, is Hope Church. So if you do seven three two five six, and you say Hope Church, and you just leave it as that, it will take you to the default giving drop list for, you can select whatever field you want to. It defaults to the tithe and offering if you don't tell it, if you don't use an actual keyword. 
it will default to whatever one you have chosen. And you can see from here that I have chosen for my default to simply be tithes and offerings. So they do not have to actually use the word give in conjunction with their text message. They just, if they just send the word Hope Church to 73256, um, it will assume they want to give to tithes and offerings. Good talk. You would have well. You would have to put if you want to. You wouldn't necessarily have to, but once you went to the once the form populated, you would have to choose BGMC from the drop list because it will default to tithes and offerings for me. If you wanted to make sure, you could instruct people to say you would give PC East. You know, if you created your your short your keyword as PC East. Um, so it would be PC East space BGMC space amount. Uh, if they just did if they just did PC East space BGMC, it would not pre-populate a dollar amount. They could put whatever the dollar amount they want, and they can still edit the five dollars if if you if they wanted to. They could still give more, but if you put in that whole string of text and number, it would it would automatically assume BGMC and assume five dollars. Okay, now, all right, I'll have to remember that I put those in later, and I, actually, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead right now. I don't want to confuse any of my people, so I'm going to go in here, and I'm going to delete that giving code. All to... Yeah. That's... Yeah, or you or you change the default. Yeah, you change the default for a short period of time if you wanted to. Um, I'm not going to go into that. You can create QR codes, which are becoming less utilized, but you can also create a unique giving link for anything. So if you just want a website link of some kind, you can create a unique link that takes them to just your generic giving page or to a specific giving fund with a pre-populated dollar amount if you want to. Okay. All right. That's more than I thought it was going to take. This is only supposed to go until what, 1230? Oh my goodness. Is that right? Oh my goodness. Wow. This was supposed to be all that. Okay. Uh, really quick then. I just want to show you really quick. Um, the two big functions of church finance are, you know, bringing funds in and getting funds out. So obviously bringing funds in are primarily contributions. Um, there may be some miscellaneous cash payments that you have periodically if you collect rent for something or if you're collecting money for camp or for um, you know whatever it might be for, something that is not a, a quote-unquote gift. I would just simply recommend to minimize your work as much as possible and process everything through your contribution system and just mark the stuff that is a payment as a non-deductible item. Uh, so if they're paying for youth camp, if they're paying for registration for a youth conference or whatever it might be, I would still just put those in as long as it's clearly, clearly identified as to what it is and then just making sure that those, that those particular items are marked as non-deductible uh, when you're processing. Uh, if it's easier to split them into two batches, I'm not going to tell you not to do that, but um, it's just a little bit more work to do two batches than to do one batch. Um, I'm going to focus on, pro on processing a manual contribution batch, and then we'll talk a little bit about what the online giving batch looks like if we can. But I also want to look at then also getting funds out of the system because um, we just don't have a whole lot more time, and I want to make sure I get you at least a little bit of an overview of what this looks like. So for a weekly offering in your processing, uh, you're going to come into the giving area, obviously, which is right here, and you're going to click contributions. So this is this is for your manual contributions batch. Um, I have already created one, but I'll show you what that process looks like again. So you just click add batch. I've got a lot of notes here that I'm going to be able to skip over because I already reviewed stuff, so give me a second here. All right, you just click Add Batch, and you can call it whatever you want to. 
I just call my weekly contributions as contributions. If we happen to be at a time when we've, because occasionally we have our Hope Church shirts that we sell, if we have a lot of that come in, I might tag that in, you know, t-shirt sales. Because again, I'm just going to mark whatever may have been uh, t-shirt sales as non-deductible. It automatically defaults to the closest Sunday date in the system. So, because today is not uh, three, three or the, or the last Sunday in this case, not tomorrow, but the last Sunday, because it assumes you're doing the work like you know in the week afterwards. So it's going back to the last Sunday because uh, no one's given tomorrow yet, technically. Uh, what's the default fund? If most of it's going to be tithes and offerings, you can go ahead and select that. You don't have to do so. If you know what the amount is going to be, you can go ahead and plug that in. If you don't, you do not have to put that in. It just is kind of a cross check for you so that as you are doing data entry, it will let you know if you've, if you've met the expected total or not. So once you're in here for your contribution batch, you have the three different methods. That somebody might give, whether that's a, a check or cash or other. And so in this environment, I'm just going to pretend that I'm going to use this as a regular gift. I'm not going to worry about gifts for item of value at this point in time because that would get too cumbersome and confusing. And I'm just going to pretend that my daughter is giving some money. She, did, uh, she actually does not have a checking account, but that's okay. We'll pretend. She's giving to speed the light this time. This is what's cool. You simply start typing. You don't have to know the account number, the core account that you assigned. You just start typing what it is that you want to use. And then it says speed the light. And it doesn't have to be the first word. It doesn't have to be the first word. Let's say I'm looking for just something that has the word offerings in it. And you see that there's numerous things that have the word offering in it. So you just type any portion of the giving fund you're looking for. Put in your dollar amount. You don't have to put a memo if you don't want to. All right, so we've got 250, and then down at the bottom, you can see there's, there's my, well, not that far. There's my um, total amount. And I'm 250 short of my expected amount. So that's, that's where that putting that expected amount comes in. Yes. Okay. You don't have to. The question was, if you're putting in a person for the first time, is it going to ask you for an address? And the answer is yes. But you do not have to put that in necessarily. So let's, uh, I don't. Let's see, I don't think I have anybody named Ralph in my system. So, so because I've started, I put the name Ralph in here, I don't have anybody in my database, so it doesn't find anybody, so I have to click Add Profile. It's, gonna, it's going to, um, I actually have some cough drops in my pocket. Thank you. Thank you. I was fine until about three seconds ago. All right. So, yeah, it's going to start that, but you can see that there's that, uh, the, only, the only required fields that a record has to have to be to be a valid complete record is the type of record which is person or business then a name and what the family position is so you don't have to populate the entire record if you don't want to right now okay i'm going to pretend the rest of this is cash and i'm going to present the pretend that the rest of it now this is a uh, is from a person because you can only mark something as non-deductible if there is a name attached to it. And you'll see what I mean by here in just a second. Uh, let's say that I actually have uh, $200 from, I'll use my boy. So I'm $50 short. That was a cash gift versus Chloe's check gift. Now, I have some cash that was just loose in the offering. Every place I go, I ask, do you have a, just a generic donor? And they've created some, you know, guest giver or anonymous or unknown or whatever. Realm assumes that for you. 
you have just a loose cash donor. And now you see what went away is I can no longer mark this particular gift as non-deductible or not. But you know what? It doesn't matter because I'm not going to issue a receipt for this. So even though this is this is other for me, I know what this is. I was worried I might have a problem today. So even though I've got $50 more that is for my t-shirt sales, it doesn't matter that I cannot mark this as non-deductible because I'm not going to issue a, a charitable giving receipt for this anyways. And that particular fund that's called other, oops, um, that's, that's called other is a miscellaneous income account that I have that I use specifically for, or one of the things is for recording of <coughs> my shirt sales. Excuse me. Yes. Yeah. So let's go back. Good question. Are you able to split a gift? Yes, you are. So we're going to go back in. I'll go back into Samuel's gift and I'm going to split this. So it really wasn't 200 for tithes and offerings. It was 100 for tithes and offerings and 100 for missions. And then, and then you can save that again. And when you see the various reports that are generated from a giving batch, your, you actually get a GL distribution that shows what, what revenue accounts were then at play. Okay, so that's the posting or putting in. Then the next, and I'm not going to complete this. Yes, I am going to complete this process. I'll just have to avoid the gifts later because I want you to see. <coughs> Because I want you to see now that we've put this in because I have my contributions connected to the general ledger, I'm going to post this gift batch here. So I have this one batch of $1,000. And, and let me prove to you that it's not there yet. I'll explain how I'm getting back here really quick. Just give me a second. I just want you to see that I have not yet posted this, this gift batch. So of all of my, my postings so far for the month of March, you're not going to see one for $1,000 over here on March 4th. Actually, I don't have anything for March 4th because you'll see why here in just a second. You'll see March 5th, and you'll see why in just a second. But I don't have a $1,000 even amount in there. I'm going to post this batch for $1,000. Now this is, I do have the system connected, but every time I post, I can tell it if I actually want to or not. So if I actually don't want this to post to the general ledger for some reason, I could just, I could just say skip it. But I want you to see how, how it uh, goes here. Then it gives you the deposit date. Okay, so this particular, let me... I'm trying to remember this one was, yeah, they were both March 4th. Okay, so, but I obviously am not going to take it to the bank on March 4th, so I'm going to deposit it on March 5th, and then it it assigns just a reference number and a deposit description, and I'm going to go ahead and post that. Now, back over in my general ledger, In my posted transactions, I now have a $1,000 entry that was not there before. Now, I cannot delete that over in the general ledger world, though. I have to void that batch over in contributions, and I'll do that later, um, since that was just a sample. But I did not do any data entry to put that money into the general ledger. Because I did the contribution batch entry it hit the general ledger because I allowed it to post to the general ledger. Again, you can turn that off per transaction if you decide to do so, but why would you want to create more work for yourself? Because that's what would happen. You'd have to go in and now create a, a journal entry to put those funds into the accounting system. Now, here's what's really, 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 really cool with an online giving batch. I don't do anything with an online giving batch. When you have, Once you have it, where your system is working like it should, posting to the right 
checking account, posting to the or right asset, posting to the right revenues. When someone gives online, the processing company is is made aware when the when the money physically hits the bank account or is scheduled to hit the bank account, it then triggers your realm contribution data entry creates that batch that we just created or that, like I showed you manually it does that for you um, and then it automatically posts into the uh, contribution system and well and then it posts over to the general ledger so all of these that here that are processed batches here I'm, I'm a bit of an aberration, and Tom may experience this in the near future as a new church. Um, Quantity-wise, not the dollar amount, but the number of gifts that I receive at Hope Church, 90% of them come online or through text messaging. I'm a rare bird. If a church gets to 20%, they're doing very, very good because they're coming from where they've been the historical checks and cash in the offering bag or offering bucket. I had people giving to my church before we had church. And they were giving online, and they got in the habit. And so literally 90 to 95% of the number of gifts, not dollar amount, but number of gifts come in through online banking. I did not do anything with these entries. They are in my accounting because they happened. Hmm? It, it's a, it does everything, including posting the batch. You don't even have to do that with these. So that's one unique thing. So that's why you may not want to turn them on that connectivity on until you know everything is working perfectly because you don't have the option of blocking it from hitting the GL. So let it happen a few times, just posting to contributions, making sure that the online giving is working properly with just the contribution records, and then it'll be able to, then, then you'll be able to turn them on and it'll go directly over into the accounting world as well. And you won't have to um, do anything with them at all. The first time I saw that happen, when I, after I had turned them on, I was like, what am I supposed to do? Oh, I don't have to do anything. So it was really cool. I was like, okay, I love that. I love that a lot. My, it, um, if someone texted you after their online giving and they say, oh, I made a mistake, um, $20 of that was supposed to go to missions, and I just did it wrong. Is there a way to go ahead and edit that? That is a phenomenal question, Rhonda. The question was, is there a way to edit a gift after it has been given online? And yes, and you can, and, it, and, and as, as Lydia said in her last session, what happens at, at Synergy stays at Synergy. So this is real life people with real life information in their system here. So please forget their name as soon as you leave the building. Um, but this one is still pending. So I could actually change this one before it post posts. So it hasn't touched the contribution system yet, hasn't touched my general ledger yet. I can come in here and I can edit this gift or, and or issue a refund. So if, if I needed to say, you know what, this should have been split so that there should have been $50 that went to missions. Until I did that, this was great. I couldn't change it. But now that I've added this row and this dollar amount, I can come back in here and say this should be 370 and missions should be 50 and then I save that. Now what's going to happen is it's going to say, why do you want to save that? You've got to, for audit trail purposes, you've got to give a reason for why you made this change. Um, and you can, and you can edit a gift that has been completely processed. Let me pick about, pick an innocuous one here. I don't know who that might be. I think this is my daughter from, yeah. Okay. That was lucky guess. Okay. So this one's already posted. It's already in the general ledger. Instead of tithes and offerings, it should have all been speed of light. I could do that. It's going to ask me why, but now it's going to show me what it's going to do to my general ledger because it's going to have to take money out of my tithe revenue and put it into my speed of light revenue. So it's, it, it shows you what's going to happen. And you put in the date. And I always, if I, do a, if I do an edit for one that's posted, I always put the transaction date whatever the original date was that she had done that, because I want it to tie together um, date-wise. Great question. Thank you. That's not even something I had thought about. Um, okay. 
we did not get to the check writing or debit cards. This, this system, you are, you are able to define what your default transaction type is for expenses and revenues that when you're doing manual entries. And so I, I have debit cards that we've assigned to people. And so that's my default. Checks may be yours. You can you you do not have to use accounts payable. You can use accounts payable if you're accustomed to it. But the system has a really cool recurring transactions function that are like memorized things. And so uh, you can just you can have it you can have it those set up on on your system for when the when those transactions take place. And it's about the same as as doing it and accounts payable world but you really don't want to do both because when you're doing invoices with accounts payable that creates the check you're going to write versus the recurring transaction which could also create the check you're going to write so you can pick one or the other whichever works best for you um i am so sorry that i did not get as far as i thought i thought i wasn't going to fill the whole time i apologize for that so we'll see how maybe the next session my fourth session later today or fourth slot maybe we'll have some time if there's other questions so i hope you'll have a wonderful day